I'm Jake. What were we talking about? Chet, Chet. So maybe it's been a little too long to be doing this, um, but uh, fuck it, it's my show, I don't give a shit. Um, so a f- couple weeks ago, uh, this little movie came out called uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, yeah, it, it, I wanted to do the review the weekend it came out, uh, and then initially I thought, maybe I'll give it a week. Uh, to avoid some, you know, spoilers, because I'm gonna spoil the fuck out of that movie tonight. Um, and then uh, the next weekend came. I was just too busy, couldn't do it. So uh, now I finally have a chance to uh, sit down, actually record this, uh, and give my uh, thoughts on uh, the culmination of ten years of Marvel movies. Um, fuck, uh, what a movie. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to, it's really hard to talk about, really. It's, uh, when you, it's hard to review this, this movie anyways, a movie like this without really spoiling it anyway. So, you know, I'm not going to say it anymore, but spoiler alert, just in case. Um, uh, I wrote down some notes, uh, and I wrote down sort of the order of events in the movie uh, just to make sure I could remember my think they're about right. I've only seen the movie twice, so I can't really uh, be sure, uh, but I'm pretty positive uh, that I have it right. Uh, but before we jump into it, uh, surrounding this movie prior to its release, there were a lot of rumors uh, about it, uh, about what was going to be going on. Uh, and what sort of little secrets were going to be revealed or happen in uh, Infinity War. Uh, so I thought maybe I'd just kind of run through a list of uh, some of the um, rumors that turned out to not be true, just right off the bat. Uh, one was uh, that Thanos was going to have uh, uh, find a friend in Ultron. Uh, I guess the theory being that we didn't actually see Ultron die. We saw a version of him die. So that he would um, help Thanos out, I guess. Uh, let me see what. Uh, um, no, there. I mean, that, that there's no real reason why. I think people just thought it looked cool. I, 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 uh, I had heard that before the movie came out. And I thought it was kind of silly, because um, I mean, if you you have this big badass motherfucker, uh, Thanos. But he needs Ultron to help him. I it just didn't seem right. Uh, not like having the Black Order works because they're his underlings. You know what I mean? But then you have Ultron, who was the big bad of Avengers two, and then you're gonna is only, you're undercutting one of them. You're making either Ultron look like a bitch or you're looking making Thanos like a bitch. So it seemed really kind of silly to do that. Um. Uh, uh, another one. Iron Man is the Soul Stone. Uh, I loved that idea. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, even for a Marvel movie, it was a little bit outlandish. Um, 
but I still dug it. it you know, it, it, the theory went uh, uh, something akin to um, Howard Stark found the Soul Stone. Uh, him and his wife um, couldn't conceive a child. So he somehow used the Soul Stone and created life and created Tony. Um, again, very outlandish. But the, the argument was that in Iron Man 2, uh, Howard said uh, uh, that his greatest creation was Tony. It's a bit of a stretch for sure. Um, but I like the idea. I thought it was it was kind of fun, uh, a little clever. Um, but again, very outlandish. So uh, he didn't put a whole lot of stock into it, but I was really fucking hoping it was true. Um, and there was actually precedence in the comic books. It was revealed. I'm not sure what fucking continuity they're on anymore in the comics because fuck, they keep rebooting their shit. Um, but in the comics, it was revealed that Tony was adopted or was it adopted? Yeah. Adopted by the Starks. He wasn't actually their child or he was created in a lot. something like that. I can't quite remember what it was, but it was, there was precedence for it. So I thought that would have been kind of cool. A little nod to that. Um, another one was that Silk would be, uh, in the movie because they cast, uh, some girl named Cindy who was, uh, um, who, Cindy Moon, that's her name. Cindy Moon, uh, becomes Silk in the comic books. Uh, just turned out Cindy was, I assume, some extra on the bus whenever you see Peter. I don't know. Uh, so I wouldn't. Uh, put a whole lot of stock into that. Yondu Returns was another one. Uh, I knew that one couldn't be true. I would have been so fucking mad if they did. One of the chief complaints that I've had and a lot of people have had about these Marvel movies is there's no fucking, like, consequences almost, you know? Like, for instance, Rhodey should have died in Civil War. He shouldn't have gotten paired... Even if he didn't die and he got paralyzed, he fucking make him live with being paralyzed for a movie at least. Not, he got shot out of the sky, fell down, and then the next time we see him, Tony's created some sort of fucking leg braces for the dude so he can walk again. It, there's just no repercussions at all in these movies. That's what I was looking forward to so much with Infinity War because I knew that they couldn't do this movie without making some real fucking sacrifices. Uh, and it seems like they might have. Um, uh, but this one, Yondu, Yondu was... F- that held Guardians of the Galaxy 2 together. Now, uh, I know a couple of people, including Joey, who uh, used to do the show with me uh, on a regular basis, uh, loves Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, and I love Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as well. Uh, just not as much as he does. He he, I, he told me once that he believes it to be better than the first one. I fail to agree with him on that one. But to each their own. Uh, I do think the one thing it probably had maybe better than the first one was the heart. And that was uh, Yondu's death and his funeral. I, mean, I, I cry like a baby every single time I watch it. It's it's beautiful. It's fantastic. So one thing these movies do really well, though, is heart. Um, so if you would have brought him back in Infinity War, man, I, that would have been... I would have been pissed off about that one. Um, another one, Captain Marvel joins the team. Not entirely true. Um, she will in the next one. Um, 
there was they kind of went back and forth the russo brothers had said that she wasn't going to be in the movie and then they had said in another interview that she was going to be in the movie and then she wasn't in the movie um not really um but she's definitely gonna be in avengers 4 uh the entitled one uh so yeah uh her logo appears in the uh, post credit scene uh, to show that she's going to help out, you know, help the team out and put them back together or whatever. Um, <laughs> the death of Captain America, one that I religiously believed in. Uh, I was positive this is where he was going to fucking eat it, and it, it wasn't. He, he doesn't. He actually is a relatively small part in this movie. Um, but... Also probably has the most important part of the movie. Um, most character-defining moment of the movie. Um, but yeah, no, he didn't die in this one. Uh, I, I'm, as we'll talk about a little later, uh, he will die in the next one. That's... I'm positive it's a fucking certainty. Uh, granted, I was positive it was a certainty he would die in this one. But what do I know? Um, uh, Loki will serve Thanos. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't believe this one really either. I mean, would it have fit his character? Maybe. I mean, he is the trickster, but... No, I just, I don't buy it because... The character has had this incredible evolution through every movie. You know, he was... He's never really been, like, he's been a villain, but he's never really been full villain. You know, he's always been very sympathetic. Uh, and so wonderfully done. And he's had this just gradual evolution throughout all the movies um, that to have him just switch and serve Thanos would have been just cut his legs out from underneath him. Um, so I'm glad they didn't do this. I'm positive. I don't think it was ever in the, you know, any draft of the movie. Because uh, like I said, that would have just undid everything they've done in 10 years of Marvel movies. Um uh, what was the other one? A lot of these have to do with the uh, soul stone. So, uh, you know, Heimdall holds a soul stone. Uh, that one actually... I didn't put a whole lot of stock into that one because if you were to make him the holder of the soul stone... And I get, I get why, and I understand it. It was that the fact that he could see every soul in all the universes... Um, so, I mean, it was a strong theory for sure, but uh, it, you would then take away his godhood if you make him just the holder of a soul stone. Now, not to say, I mean, to hold an infinity stone uh, requires great power by itself, um, but you would cut out his godhood. It, it did, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, so I didn't put a whole lot of stock into that. Um, another one was that Mjolnir. Uh, I always have trouble with that fucking word. Uh, Mjolnir was going to be uh, reformed. Uh, nope, not not true. Again, they made such a big deal about it in Ragnarok. I don't see why they would, you know, reforge it. Now he does have Stormbreaker now, which is so fucking dope. Uh, but it was yeah, Mjolnir wasn't there. Uh, Spider Man, no, Spider Man Nebula team up. I mean, could have. I don't know. Uh, let me just race through these real quick. Uh, Quicksilver, uh, coming back. No, uh, again, didn't really. I didn't give a shit about the character. And X Men: Days of Future Past did the character so much better 
I was so surprised, you know, when they said, you know, Age of Ultron was going to introduce Quicksilver to the MCU and Days of Future Past was going to introduce Quicksilver to the X-Men universe. I was like, well, clearly the MCU version is going to be so much fucking better. Holy, holy God of fuck was I wrong. Um, he, and it's nothing against Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, he did the best with what he had. Um, it just, he was, he clearly seemed to be shoehorned into the movie. Um, and I didn't care. And, it, and it's really hard because they really try to make you feel it whenever he died. Um, it's really, really hard. And again, it's not really anything against anybody. But when you introduce a new character into a movie and then you kill them in said movie, it's really hard to get the audience to feel for the character. Um, so sort of, I don't know, didn't give a shit if he was in it or not. Now, I mean, if it's to be believed, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson was seen on set of Avengers 4. So we could see him and I will, I'm most likely assuming it's going to be a flashback or they're traveling through time. Um, so it could be that. Um they could also find a way to undo everything, because uh, as we'll get into it later, uh, uh, Wanda has been through some shit, so um, she deserves a little bit of a happy ending, you know. So maybe they kind of fix things and make it so uh, he comes back to life. I don't know. It'd be cool to give Aaron Taylor Johnson more of a chance. Uh, to give us something with the character because he's a good actor he really is and i think he could do really well in it just didn't have enough time that time you know um silver surfer supposedly was going to appear uh he was supposedly cast uh now the the reason why i can't remember who the actor was um but on imdb they had listed him as the actor as silver surfer problem is anybody can add anything to imdb um so didn't really put a whole lot of stock into it and that and, and again i mean we know disney's buying or in the process of buying uh fox uh back which means that they get all of their licenses back uh say for all the spider-man ones which they're just working with sony um so it wasn't it wasn't completely unheard of you know what it, it still could have happened and i mean ego was technically owned by fox until uh they made a deal because uh, marvel or fox wanted to use negasonic teenage warhead but they weren't allowed to change her powers uh without the permission of marvel so they changed her powers in deadpool uh but they needed the, so with that they said uh you know we want to change it and they said all right that's fine but we want to use ego for the next guardians movie and uh they're like all right for what and then now where it gets a little shaky they said it's basically kind of like hey he's gonna be a background character and it turns out no he's the fucking villain of the movie um but so i mean deals could be struck it wasn't crazy uh but again it, when the only real source is that uh imdb had him listed just don't put stock in it um and also i mean his role in the Infinity Gauntlet comic book is he comes to warn Doctor Strange about Thanos. Um, when even in the trailers, it was very, very clear that Bruce Banner was taking that role, you know? So it would seem like, what's the point of having Silver Surfer in the movie? Um, uh, Agent Coulson was supposed to possibly return. Again, 
it's really hard for them to work a deal out so they can work with the TV crew and the movie crew together because they're they're both Marvel Studios, but they're both controlled by two different entities. Uh, again, both are Disney, both are Marvel Studios, but two different groups. Uh, and it's really hard to get them to work together. There's some sort of fucking child, you know, schoolyard tiff going on. Um, now, I mean, he could still show up in uh, Avengers 4. Uh, I just wouldn't count on it. Uh, yeah, he could, because if they're going back in time, I mean, maybe. I, I just, I don't know. I, well, he's going to be in um, Captain Marvel, so I mean, I guess it is possible he could be in Avengers 4. That'd be kind of cool. Um, or it better be back a flashback, because if he shows up in like present day, and they're like, hey, motherfucker, weren't you dead? Because nobody knows yet. As far as we know, nobody knows that he's alive, except for you know, uh, Fury and whoever the fuck the characters are on S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so it'd be kind of like, all right, well, we avenged you, motherfucker. Uh, Adam Warlock, uh, this one I knew wasn't going to happen as much as I would have loved it, and people argued it and said that, you know, uh, they could just be lying. They There was a reason they introduced this cocoon uh, at the end of Guardians 2. Uh, it's because he's going to be in Guardians 3. You're not going to tease it at the end of guardians 2 to have him pop up uh in avengers infinity war especially uh when he's so clearly supposed to be uh, some sort of villain for the guardians in their next movie um so it just wouldn't make sense that that was i didn't i didn't put any stock into that one uh black panther uh this was probably the most logical one uh was wakanda was home of the soul stone which would make sense with um uh the vibranium meteorite that hit the ground they're trying to say that uh you know uh maybe the soul stone was within the actual meteorite underground and that's what the battle of wakanda was going to be um made the most sense i, I really thought that was going to be in and it, it, people are saying that's how that's how uh uh black panther got his power the uh heart herb or whatever it was called uh that gave him his power it's because of the soul stone that one didn't make a lot of sense because that's not what the soul stone does um the uh, yeah it, it made the most sense i really really expected that one to be the one that was true uh again spoiler alert it's not um the original ant-man hank pym was gonna show up to help out uh I mean, yeah, fuck it, why not? But, I mean, Scott Lang wasn't in it, so why would Hank Pym be in it? I mean, it was very clear from the advertisements that Scott Lang wasn't going to be in it. So I didn't uh, dream of any situation where uh, uh, <laughs> Michael Douglas was going to appear in the movie. Um, Sword would re would replace S.H.I.E.L.D., which was true in the comic books. Um, again, possibility. didn't ha Wouldn't have had any weight on the movie. So I, 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 this movie was already two and a half hours long and they were telling a very, a fairly complicated story and balancing act. Uh, so I knew they weren't going to put anything in that was unnecessary. So I knew this was uh, a stretch to say the least. Um, Peter Dink was playing Pip the Troll. That one I sort of believed. One, I was kind of taken by the, uh, the picture of him getting his hair dyed red, which most people believe now was him just fucking with people and the paparazzi um which is genius if it's true i love it um 
I thought Pip the Troll would have been a little mean spirited for them to cast him as that. Um, but I still would have been down for it because fuck, I love Peter Dinklage. Uh, it, it, he didn't. That's not who he ended up playing. He played uh, uh, Itri. I I uh, what's the uh, what's his name? Uh, Itri Itri something like that. A, a fucking giant dwarf. Uh, I'm not so good with the Thor mythology or Norse mythology, to say the least. Um, but yeah, he that's not he didn't play Pip the Troll. It was kind of it was a fun little rumor, and I thought it was fun that maybe he got his hair dyed red just supposedly for uh, fucking with people. Uh, uh, another one, uh, Millie Bobby Brown was going to join uh, the team in some form or fashion because she was seen on set uh, with the Russo brothers. Uh, eh, I mean, I thought again, why not? Doesn't really matter. Um, didn't happen, but you know, would have been kind of cool. She's a good little actress, and she's got a pretty bright future. Would have been really cool to see her in an MCU movie. Which, again, she could still pop up Avengers Four. We don't know. Uh, we'd know very, very little about that movie. Um, and then the Black Order's voices. Uh, it was speculated that uh, it would be like uh some big names playing the Black Order. Uh, Corvus Glaive was supposedly Mark Hamill, Bill Nighy. Nihi, Nihi, I think it's Nihi. Uh, as Ebony Ma, Whoopi Goldberg is Proxima Midnight, and Peter Dinklage is Call Obsidian. Um, literally none of those are true. Uh, basically just voice actors kind of played the roles. There was a couple. Uh, um, my, uh, yeah, Michael James Shaw, who played Corvus Glaive. Uh, he played Papa Midnight in Constantine in the TV show Constantine, and he also played uh, uh, Agent Mike in uh uh limitless um trying to see uh carrie coon uh played parks by midnight she was in uh fargo season three um other than that i mean there really wasn't um there's their voice actors then nothing against voice i'm not saying they don't mean anything i just i don't know anything they were in uh personally um so yeah, it just it, they weren't the big actors, and uh, that's what most people thought that, uh, particularly Peter Dinklage was going to play uh, uh, Call Obsidian because it sounds a lot like his voice uh, in the movie because uh, he's got this very kind of deep voice that it, I mean it was we sound a lot like him, you know, uh, but it wasn't. Um, so yeah, th- those are some of the rumors that were uh, floating around. Uh, theories that were floating around that turned out to not be true at all. Um, so yeah, jumping into the movie, uh, uh, yeah, man, it just kicks off with a fucking bang, man. Uh, the post credit scene for Thor Ragnarok showed, uh, um, what do they call it? The Sanctuary 2, I think is what they call, which was, uh, Thanos' warship, uh, pops up in front of the Asgardian, uh, lifeboat. Um, so this picks up right after that, you know, we don't even see, we just see dead bodies of Asgardians lying on the ground. Um, Thanos already has the uh, power stone, uh, from, uh, Xandar and he's there looking for the space stone, which is held within the Tesseract. Uh, they come there looking for it. Thor says they don't have it. Loki does actually have it. He took it, uh, in Ragnarok, uh, and Thanos threatens to kill Thor. And Loki, uh, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, go ahead, kill him. I don't care. And so he starts using the power stone 
like gra- grips his head and th- this was such a cool moment too because they really showed the size and power of thanos with just this little bit because he i mean he just his fucking glove of a hand his baseball mitt of a hand is just gripping thor's head and just zapping this fucking the power from the power stone into his head you know cracking his face up and shit um and he's screaming in pain and then finally loki can't take it and he says fine stop and he hands over the tesseract and then uh he he gives this uh you know really great moment this is there's a lot of people who think that loki's still alive um he's not Uh, he he's dead i would be very surprised if they brought him back um he he basically he after hands over the uh uh the tesseract and he gets and thanos gets a space stone um he uh was it the space stone he gave him first i think it's yeah he gave him that first and then um he uh uh loki says something like because thanos is like you uh as guardian you put your faith in the wrong person or something like that and loki comes up to him walks up to him very fucking loki like and says first thing i'm not as guardian and second thing we've got a hulk and that's when fucking hulk comes out and just wails on thanos and it is such a badass fucking moment and just as uh uh not cold obsidian uh which one is it uh, uh, Corvus Glaive, I think. No, 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 no. It is. It's uh, um, not Corvus Glaive. Who is it? I fucking lost it. Cole Obsidian. Yeah, I think the two is Cole Obsidian. I'm sorry. Um, uh, he starts to go and to stop the Hulk, and Ebony Maul just tells him, "Fucking knock it off." He said, "Let Thanos have his fun." Hulk backs fucking Thanos into a corner, pummeling on him, and Thanos just grabs him and overpowers him. And for the first time in any of these movies, we see Hulk get his ass handed to him. And it is crazy, intimidating. Like, again, you're showing the power of Thanos. Uh, he, he decimates the Hulk. It was like a game to him to get his ass kicked for a little bit. Um, after he does that, Loki hands over the, uh, the Tesseract. Uh, Heimdall, who's laying there still alive, summons enough black magic to send uh hulk to earth uh and that's when thanos kills him uh so that's the end of uh heimdall uh and i found out like uh i guess maybe part of the reason because it was very almost uneventful he's just laying there prone and he sends hulk to earth but then he just stabbed and killed and that's it like there's no fanfare almost and I thought for a character who's been there since the beginning of the Thor movies, he would have gotten a little something. Uh, but apparently he didn't like making those movies. He didn't have a lot to do. Uh, so he didn't really have a whole lot of fun. Didn't think it was, I guess, didn't just didn't enjoy his time as uh, Heimdall until Thor Ragnarok, when he had a, you know more fun, uh, was able to do something. Uh, and I, I fully fucking get it. Uh, I'm actually a little happy now that he's dead just because it means uh, he can play uh, John Stewart, uh, the Green Lantern, the role he's fucking born to play, man. Um, but uh, yeah, so he dies, but uh, Loki pledges his allegiance to Thanos, his undying devotion, 
and he you know tells himself you know he tells Thanos I Loki uh rifle king of Jonheim uh I think that's the right word is the uh uh frost giant world uh he said the prince of Asgard and then before he finishes he looks over at Thor and says Odin's son which I don't think a lot I'm not sure how many people actually got it or not um or understood it uh so fucking important for that character and that's what makes me 100 percent believe he is gone from the universe because after he does this he procure you know he manifests a knife and tries to stab thanos in the throat and he stops him and thanos chokes him out um and after he chokes him out and kind of cracks his neck he throws him down and says no more resurrections um so i'm pretty positive that's the end of it but I mean, that's the full circle for the character. He acknowledged himself finally as Odin's son, uh, something he has been fighting against since he was introduced. He didn't believe he was. He never felt like he was part of the family, but finally he did. And he ultimately sacrificed himself to help save his brother. Uh, it's such a great moment for the character. And, and it bums me out now. I mean, if they're going to cheap out and bring any character back, uh, I would love it to be Loki because I just I can't get enough of that. Tom Hiddleston as Loki is fucking perfect, and he is probably the best villain they've ever had. People are saying Thanos right now. Thanos is a great villain. He's up there. He's definitely top three, uh, top five. Um, it, but Loki's the best for sure. Um, but after that, Hulk uh, crash lands on Earth. Uh, warns uh, Doctor Strange about. Uh, um Thanos, Doctor Strange goes and grabs uh uh Tony. And um you know we get a little banter between the two and I think it's it's fucking wonderful, man. All these first time meetings is what really kind of made this movie, it sold this movie to, to me. Um and they did it so well. Not, they not only was the story really well done, it's well written, uh it, it, but they balanced all these characters perfectly they focus on who need to be focused on and you know but everybody else still had their parts in the movie so i think um it's just really cool to see all that but uh tony and uh dr strange are kind of bicker a little bit um uh and then uh before they can call because tony's like well we have to find vision because he has the mind stone we know that they're coming because uh, thanos has sent uh ebony maw and uh corvus glaive uh no i'm sorry god damn it um call obsidian sorry call obsidian uh to new york to uh get the time stone from dr strange so uh and they know the other two are probably going to um find vision and nobody knows where vision is uh except for uh captain america so Tony's gonna call him and find out where he's at, where Vision's at, so we can go get Vision before some bullshit goes down. Um, but before he can even call him, uh, there's commotion outside. They go outside. They see Ebony Maw's ship has uh, arrived, uh, and about that moment, we also see Peter Parker on the school bus. He sees it. His hair stand up, fucking showing his fighty sense, which is such a good way. They could have done it so many different ways. But that was perfect. It doesn't. It's not so fucking flashy and crazy. His hair stand up. It's the. It's a heightened version of what everybody else feels whenever like there's some sort of impending danger, or some 
something going on you you some people can sort of sense it um you, your hair stand on the back of your neck or your hair stands up on your arm it's a heightened version of that his hair literally stood straight up on his arm and that's a spidey sense i thought that was fucking beautiful um so he gets ned to cause a distraction and he jumps out the window and swings in to help uh tony dr strange and uh wong uh fight as we find out too in this battle uh banner can't hulk out for some reason um and it eventually becomes clear that it's well, it doesn't become clear, I guess, but you're, I guess you're supposed to assume. Now, the Russo brothers said that this isn't true, um, but uh, it really seems like it, the Hulk's not hulking out because uh, he's afraid. He, for the first time, was beaten by Thanos, handily beaten by Thanos, so he doesn't want to come out. Or And the Russo have said, and I can agree with this, too. I think this might be true. Uh, Hulk is tired of being Banner's weapon. He doesn't want to just come out whenever Banner wants, you know, needs saving. Um, again, can see true. I, it's an evolution of the character. I think that's kind of cool. Um, but it really felt like it was because he was afraid of Thanos. Um, either way, doesn't matter. But we find out he can't do it. So, you know, they're all fighting around. Eventually, uh, Ebony Maul gets a hold of Doctor Strange. He can't get the time stone because there's some sort of enchantment on it. Um, uh, so he fucking wraps him up and, like, asphalt in the road and starts taking him off uh to a ship eventually gets in there and uh uh tries to torture him but iron man and uh spider-man to give chase um and it, it, we also get because uh, spider-man gets there first and they're going through the atmosphere so spidey can't hold it he can't breathe so he starts to pass out and that's whenever tony sends the uh iron spider suit to save him uh so from there on he's wearing the iron spider suit so um people were kind of worried because it was such a big character moment in homecoming that he turned down the iron spider suit uh and a spot on the avengers because he was happy being who he was um so people were like oh great now he's just gonna choose to wear it not the case he wouldn't like he was forced to wear it but tony did it to save his life it made sense um uh, yeah, so uh, I really don't want to, honestly, I don't really want to keep doing play-by-play of this movie. Um, y- you really need to go see it yourself. Uh, that takes you, what I gave you, gives you about, I think, about 30 minutes into the movie. Um, some really great moments happened in this movie, you know. Uh, Loki's death was one of them. Um, one thing um, uh, kind of leads me to believe, I think, Wanda's gonna get a happy ending. It's just if you go through from the time she was, uh, she debuted in Avengers two, to now, she has gone through some fucking shit, guys. Like, she needs a happy ending, like you wouldn't believe. In this movie, Vision keeps telling her, if it comes down to it, you're gonna have to kill me. You're gonna have to destroy the Mind Stone. Um, she refuses to do it until the very last moment after the the Battle of Wakanda. Um she decides you know they finally realize because Thanos is coming like he's literally there he's got his hand on the time stone um and the, the mind stone's the last thing he needs he shows up and he's walking towards him and everybody's trying to hold him off she finally fucking destroys him and collapses screaming crying Thanos walks up to her pats her on the head rubs her on the head he says you know, something like you know, I know what it feels like he said if only we had more time uh, but time is not an issue for me. And then he turns back time, unexplodes uh, vision, 
So he's there again. Grabs him by the throat. Just grabs the fucking mind stone and rips a chunk of his head out. And it's one of the most horrifying things because after that, all the vibrancy, all the color leaves Vision. He is gray and white. It was haunting. Um, And so not only did Wanda have to kill him, she had to feel what that felt like. But then she had to see him brought back together so he could die in front of her again. It was fucking insane, you know? But uh, so maybe I, I think they're going to bring Vision back because uh, when they take him to Wakanda, Shuri's working on him. And then uh, one of the Black Order comes in uh, to try to get Vision. And uh, Shuri uh, it starts doing something real quick on the on her, you know, nonsense, you know, computer thing. You know, the touch screen, not even touch screens, like hologram and shit. Um uh, she started doing something on there and then turns around and starts trying to fight the Black Order guy. Um, so most people assume and I kind of agree that she saved the information or the the memory or whatever of Vision into her computer so they can bring him back. Uh, I think that makes the most sense. So maybe they bring him back without the use of the Mind Stone. Maybe they create something different for him. I think that would be really fucking cool. I like the character. Uh, he's only been in what two of the movies, so it kind of technically, yeah, he's been in all of them because he's Jarvis. Uh, but Vision hasn't been in, in the movies very long, and I'd really like to see some more of him. Um, so yeah, that that was a really horrifying and great moment, honestly. And the moment where I was positive Cap was gonna die was fucking wonderful. Like it was just, it's a scene whenever you see in the trailer. Uh, where Thanos is coming down on him and Cap fucking grabs his hand and holds him. Uh, and it looks like it confuses Thanos. Um, such... It's such a great character-defining moment. And a character we already know everything we really need to know about. Um, it just shows, like, his pure will, his, his power, his heart. He, he's trying to protect his team. Uh, he's he is the fucking heart of the Avengers, you know. And he, that's that's all he was. He was all heart. Yeah, he has super soldier serum and makes him at peak physical condition. But it wasn't that. It was his heart holding Thanos back, and it was it, it was amazing. It was something that Thanos had never seen before. He didn't understand it, and it's. Yeah cap doesn't like bullies and that's ultimately what thanos is he's a bully so he's trying to fucking stop this bully from hurting his friend it's such a great moment in the movie uh, it, it seriously made me a little teary-eyed it was so fucking amazing um other parts of the movie i really dug uh anything between uh dr strange and iron man i thought was fucking magic um thanos i mean he's wonderful just so good so well fleshed out and i've seen some people say that we needed a thanos movie prior to this i can see the argument for sure and we get a little bit more of his backstory now apparently there was a cut of the movie or at least a draft of the script where uh we dove deeper into his backstory um but i think they did a really good job with this and you also felt for him he was hurting so bad because he has to kill gamora uh, he who he truly loves uh, he has to kill Gamora to get the soul stone which 
That's another thing I really liked. Fucking, you know who the Keeper of the Soulstone is? Red Skull. He finally fucking showed back up. Obviously not played by Hugo Weaving because he's kind of a fucking cunt. Um, no, uh, by Ross McQuand, uh, f- who plays Aaron on The Walking Dead, uh, which if you guys get a chance, go on YouTube, look at his uh, all of his impression videos. They're fucking amazing. He's really good. Um, but he does this, and it's perfect. Uh, now, I'm not 100% sure. I think he was also in the makeup, but I don't know. Um, whoever they got, whoever's in the makeup, I mean, it's it's a lot of prosthetics, so it's easy to look like uh, he did in the first Avenger. Um, but the voice is spot on, and that's all Ross McQuand. Um, so I think that was just great casting just such good casting on that one and so glad to see him back and it opens it up he could come back again you know uh in a future movie uh now granted that most likely steve rogers dies in uh avengers 4 but i imagine that bucky picks up uh the mantle which bucky really has just as much reason to not like red skull as steve does so i think um i think that would be pretty cool um but yeah, he Thanos has to kill Gamora, and we find out a lot. Like we see when he gets Gamora, and it's kind of heartwarming. I mean, in the background, it's a fucking atrocity that's happening at the hands of Thanos. He's destroying half her planet, but he takes this little girl aside, makes sure she doesn't look, so she's not traumatized by this, and he takes her off. And then I mean, he trains her basically to be a weapon. Um, but he seems like he really does love her and it breaks his heart. Uh, and the reveal too is, you know, whenever Red Skull tells, uh, tells Thanos that you have to kill something you love uh, in order to get the soul stone. Uh, Gamora kind of laughs. She's like, you don't love anybody. Who the fuck? Nobody loves you. Who's going to, who, who do you love? And, uh, and then she looks over Thanos is crying and she's like, oh, you're crying now over what? Because nobody loves you. And that's when Red Skull says that he's, he's like, he's not crying for himself. And then she starts to realize, oh, fuck, he's going to kill me. He grabs her, chucks her off a cliff. And it's, yeah, he kills her. He kills the fuck out of her. Um, I think that death sticks. I, I, I hate to say that, you know, and most people are like, well, there's a Guardians 3 coming out. There's a Guardians without Gamora in it. Uh, they'll have to, I mean, Nebula will most likely take her place if that's the case. Um, uh, the entire sequence on Titan was, I thought, really well done. Uh, whenever the Guardians meet uh, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and uh, Spidey, um, <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, it was, uh, it was like, uh, what was it? Star Lord's is like, where's Gamora? And Tony says, uh, I'll do you one better. Who's Gamora? And then Drax fucking chimes in, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> so fucking funny. And that you find out later that, you know, Batista ad libbed that part. And I was like, that's so genius. It's so fucking funny. Um it, I love that. That whole sequence is so good. The meeting was really good. Um, and the battle between them and Thanos was fucking superb and it's whenever uh star lord finds out that he killed gamora and he loses his shit and people are like pissy like seemingly legit pissy at star lord one it's a fucking movie 
Two, he loved her. And he found out that this motherfucker killed her? Yeah, I lose my shit too. Um, <coughs> but uh, it was kind of a cool moment. It's really intense. Like I knew, like you know, going in, Thanos will not lose the gauntlet that easily. You know what I mean? Uh, especially because we haven't seen that moment where he, you know, fucking Cap is holding them off. Uh, so, but it's so fucking intense. Like Spidey is pulling the gauntlet off of him while mantis is like trying to lull him to sleep and you could see thanos's hand and then that's whenever fucking star lord is beating the shit out of his face and it brings him to and he you know yanks the glove back the gauntlet back on um and uh then tony and uh thanos kind of throw it down which is really fucking cool uh and even in this moment where things are so dire because prior to that fucking Thanos throws a moon at Tony and after they battle you know, there's some battling and then Tony gets back up and he says if you throw another moon at me I'm going to lose my shit or whatever he says um <laughs> it's like even in this moment it's still he's still Tony it's I think it's so it's the character you couldn't cast anybody better than Robert Downey Jr. to play that role um uh but they battle and uh uh, well, that's another thing. The bleeding, I think it's the bleeding edge armor is what it's called. Uh, whew, it's wonderful. It's magical. I mean, it's, you know, like on the flash, how everything gets scienced to fix it. You know what I mean? Like Cisco's always like, well, let me just see what I can figure out. And then just whips up the fucking cure for whatever he needs. Uh, it's sort of like that. The whole suit is like, I mean, just shoots nanites to whole, you know, to, um, uh, patch a hole in a ship in space i was like that's convenient um but it's i mean it's it, it, it's still a fucking badass dude he, he he creates like sword and uh thanos breaks it off and stabs tony with it i almost like well, i like gasped because i was like holy shit they're gonna fucking kill tony in this one. Oh my god i was i was not i wasn't prepared for that i thought that, i really thought that was it i thought they were gonna fucking kill tony off um and before Thanos can actually fucking go up and kill him after stabbing him Doctor Strange decides to hand over the stone uh key to this is that prior to this uh uh Doctor Strange has said that he had been he had gone through something like 16 million scenarios of uh of what was transpiring um and he asked uh, Tony's like, well, how many and how many of these scenarios did we win? He said, not one. Or he said, none of them except for one. And uh, so, and he had told him earlier in the movie that if it came down to protecting the time stone or saving Tony or the kid, which was Peter, uh, he said he'll he will protect the time stone. Uh, so he hands over the stone though to Thanos, who. Um, uh, you know, he's like, no tricks, just take it, spare Tony's life. Um, Thanos obliges, takes the stone, and uh, gets to the earth. Uh, and uh, after he transports to Wakanda, uh, uh, Tony's like, why did you fucking do that? And he said, this is the only way. Then you go to Wakanda, all this shit happens. You get that beautiful moment with Captain America. You get him destroying uh, Vision. 
Uh, fuck. Uh, probably the coolest moment. Now, I'm not somebody who... I, I don't cheer during movies. I don't really dig that. It usually kind of irritates me. Um, because it's a fucking movie. Like, come on, guys. Um, but the moment where fucking they're battling all of a sudden you see fucking stormbreaker we just whip through the fucking scene uh and it comes back and you see the rainbow fucking bridge light thing pop up and there fucking appears and grabs the uh, the stormbreaker back there's Groot there's rocket and there's thor oh my god that was such a cheerworthy fucking moment i couldn't i was like ah <laughs> fuck yeah it was so awesome, and as he, you know, he 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 screams, uh, "Bring me Thanos!" Um, uh, it, it was so fucking badass. Like it was so cool. Um, yeah, that shit was dope. And then um, another really cool moment was a uh, 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 Bucky Winter Soldier, White Wolf, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he. Uh, they're sitting there next to uh, Rocket and Rocket's you know, shooting. <laughs> Bucky looks over, sees him, picks him up off the ground, and then starts spinning with like fucking one gun in one hand and then Rocket and the other one just spinning around. Such a cool moment. And uh, um, yeah, just fuck it. The whole the, the scene whenever Thor is saved by the Guardians is hilarious too. Um, entire sequence is funny but particularly whenever gamora and drax are both kind of crushing on uh on uh thor just so damn funny um and then yeah this is it's got to be my fucking favorite moment and again i know i said wouldn't say it again but fucking i'm gonna say it one more time spoiler alert um thanos gets the last stone he gets the mind stone and as he's standing there all of a sudden stormbreaker fucking rips into his chest and Thor runs over and says, I told you that I would win, or I told you you'd pay for that or whatever he says. And then Thanos is kind of mumbling something and he leans in and he's like, what? And he says, you should have went for the head and then snaps his finger and it's over. All of a sudden screen goes white. Now, personally, I was like, it would have probably made me mad. But like, I kind of thought like maybe they should this how they should end the movie just goes white and we don't see anything else and just goes to credits. Um, but he enters Thanos enters the Soul World, uh, sees Child Gamora who asks him, and it's it's a really cool moment too. It's she says, uh, "Did you get everything you wanted?" And he said, "Yes." And she said, "What did it cost?" She said, "Everything." And then it goes back, and you start to see. Uh, people starting to disintegrate. Uh, you, you, all the Guardians disintegrate except for Rocket and Nebula. Uh, and what's hard when we found out after the fact by uh, James Gunn that as Groot is disintegrating, you Rocket looks over and he says, "No, not again," or whatever he says. Groot looks at him and says, "I am Groot." Uh, James Gunn said that the translation of that was "Dad." Like, he was scared. He thought Rocket was his dad. That one fucking... That hurt. After reading that, I was like, God damn it. That, God damn it, guys. Um, I mean, Black Panther's gone. Uh, Winter Soldier's gone. Basically, almost anybody who was introduced after the Avengers, the first Avengers movie, doesn't exist anymore. 
um, uh, as far as we know, in the movie, because, you know, Hawkeye wasn't in the movie, nor was Ant-Man or the Wasp. Um, but then the one that really, that, that brought tears to my eyes was Spider-Man. Um, after everybody has disappeared, it's just Nebula's there, Tony, and Peter. And then off screen, you hear Peter say, Mr. Stark, and looks over and he says, I don't, I don't feel so good. And then he just kind of collapses into Tony's arms and starts pleading and begging and saying, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. Uh, and it was such a sweet moment, too, was as he says, I don't feel so good, he starts to collapse. Tony says, you're all right, and holds him. It, it, it kind of it, it makes me a little teary-eyed thinking about it. Um, but he, he, you know, begging and pleading, uh, he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. And he's so scared and, and he lays him down and then he just disintegrates in Tony's arms. Uh, it, it was the most heartfelt, heartbreaking moment I've seen in a movie in, in quite a while. Um, even talking about right now the my my studio just got like it feels like it got so fucking quiet um so still um but that moment right there it, and it, i think it's the last straw now it, it, it for tony because i mean he's been sort of at the root of everything that's gone wrong in all these avenger movies and this was the last straw and they even foreshadowed this a bit in homecoming whenever he says you know, uh, he tells, he's, you know, berating Peter. He's like, is, you know, somebody dies, that's on you. He said, but if you die, that's on me. And I can't take that. And it's so clear. It, it, it clearly breaks his heart. Um, and it's, I, uh, man, just, there's nothing you can't really say. And Tom Holland, fuck. I mean, such a great performance. Give him all the awards. For that scene alone, he 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 was so wonderful in that moment, and you find out he also he didn't add it, but he 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 created that moment. Uh, apparently, Spidey was supposed to die, anyways. Uh, but the reaction was apparently all Tom Holland. Um, he created that, and I thought that was I mean just so such skill with for that kid. Um, but yeah, that that moment right there, that that one that one. That one did it for me. That was a good one. That was, that one hurt. Um, yeah, and leaving the theater, um, there was such a calm, not really calm, but like overwhelming sadness. You know, like real quiet, and not even like usually we leave one of these movies or any movie. There's a bunch of murmuring and talking and talking. Oh, that movie, that part was really awesome. This part, the. the there wasn't a fucking sound, like a little bit of like whispers, like you're trying to be real quiet. The only thing I can that it equals that I can think of is when I was younger, I went to see Passion of the Christ uh, in theaters. Whenever we left the theater, um, that's what it felt like. Or a funeral. That's legit. And that's not me being funny or whatever. That's how it felt. It was quiet. There was just small whispers. And 
even for the rest of the day after that, that movie had fucked with me. It, it, it hurt. And I thought, I was trying, I was talking to one of my friends, and I was like, the only thing I can figure maybe it's like is, is Empire Strikes Back. It, which, I mean, the ending is a very down ending. That makes sense. But it's, um, I think it's worse because we've had these characters for 10 years. Uh, 10 years we've gotten to know these characters. Whenever they released Empire Strikes Back, there had only been one Star Wars movie. So we got to know them over one movie. Um, but we've had this entire universe filled with characters that just don't exist anymore. They, they were wiped from his existence. Um, just, God damn it, it was so... The movie was so good. Uh, it, it, it was written so well. And this was an impossible task. Uh, you had... I can't even count how many characters. There were all the characters like you've seen so far, minus the ones in the Netflix shows and uh, Ant-Man and Hawkeye. Everybody was in there. Uh, and it, it didn't feel jam-packed with people. The story didn't feel rushed or slacking anywhere the movie worked because of everybody like if they had tried to remove one character the movie would have fall, fallen apart each character was a really great supporting character in that movie there wasn't really thanos was probably the main character um which again is saying something because he's the villain of the movie and usually villains don't necessarily play aren't the main character because everybody else was supporting what was going on in the movie uh and without anybody in that movie any one person if they had removed them the movie would have crumbled um and all the performances there wasn't a weak performance again with all these actors and all these moments in the movie not one weakness at all it was amazing uh it was epic on a scale that I've never seen before. Um, love this movie with so much of my heart. Um, I, I, I eagerly, eagerly anticipating the next one. Um, which kind of, uh, it was another thing I was going to talk about was that uh, we have a bit of a leak, I guess, of what is supposedly going to be happening in Avengers 4. Uh, now this came from, I think, a uh, Reddit user. So obviously you take all this with a grain of salt. Um, but this is the same guy who also revealed that among other things that Spider-Man would die in Tony's arms. Um, so there is a bit of weight to it and it could be true. And all of this is not like it's all outlandish stuff. It's all makes sense, especially when you see the, uh, uh, behind the scenes pictures, the set photos that have been, uh, coming out. Um, it, it does indeed apparently have to do with time travel, the fourth one. Uh, they go back uh, to create a gauntlet of their own, uh, which makes sense because in uh, Nidavellir, I think I pronounced that right, we do see that mold of the gauntlet there. So it makes sense they would go and have another one forged. Um, and then they move through time to get the, the Infinity Stones before Thanos can. Now... Don't know if that's to just get them before he gets them or to get them so they can fix everything. Uh, we'll create a problem because something like uh, we see um, 
or we'll see them get to the power stone before star lord does which means technically the guardians will never have existed as a team uh now we could see that they it depends on what version of time travel marvel wants to stick to uh if they want to go with their actions create an alternate timeline and then tony and the gang can go back to their proper timeline uh they could do that um either way it's going to be a little complicated i think for people to follow um depending on what to do the more straightforward one is i think most people understand that if you fuck with something in the past you mess up the future so that they will most likely go with that so we'll see what that's what's going to rewrite the i think rewrite the reality of uh the mcu which will allow for uh, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men to exist in that universe. Um, and it seems like it'll be Steve and Tony who will ultimately be doing the time traveling mainly, which I think is going to be really cool because we'll finally get to see them meet up since Civil War. And the movie will deal with that as long as well as just them. It's going to hinge on their relationship. And I think that's great because... I think Cap definitely dies. Tony might die, but I think Cap definitely dies. Um, personally, I I'd like to see Tony also get a happy ending. Um, I, I think uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow kind of leaked some information saying that in Avengers Four that by the end of it or in it, uh, Tony and her are married and have a kid. So maybe it all comes up, you know, fucking sunshine and roses for tony in the end um which will be great i'll be happy with that because again like wanda he deserves a happy ending uh we also get to see some of the avengers uh well it, it, there's potential to see the avengers fight the avengers um one scene in particular they said is nebula ends up fighting her past self which is the more evil version of herself um which i think will be actually a really great character developing moment where she kind of sees who she was and maybe she doesn't want to be that anymore uh, i think that's that'll be really really fucking cool to see um uh, so but there's also a chance maybe we'll see cap versus cap or iron man versus iron you know let's see some stuff like that that might be really cool to see um we'll also see captain america supposedly wield mjolnir now we don't know if it's actually mjolnir which is possibly since they're going through time that he could pick that up um but i think most likely it's going to be stormbreaker um what'll supposedly happen is thanos will blow away thor not like kill him but like fucking pummel him or whatever and he'll drop the hammer and uh that's whenever cap will finally be deemed worthy to pick up the hammer and just wails on thanos that'll be fucking magical and i will scream and cry in the theater uh again like i said before cap dies no no real details on how he dies but most likely it's him sacrificing himself against thanos um and the last little bit of uh leaking is uh the hulk might be the one to save the day uh, apparently he's the one who's going to wield the stark gauntlet as i guess they're calling it uh and it'll lead to him losing his arm uh again that that would bring the character full circle uh, you know, he, he finally smart. He, he does something not destructive. He saves the day. 
you know and it was not he saved the day he saved you know he's been helpful before but this is like him fixing reality setting everything right instead of letting things get destroyed in his wake he fixes things that'll be a fucking great moment to see uh and him losing his arm which actually kind of brought up the question to me if hulk loses his arm does that mean bruce loses his arm as well how, how i'm not sure how that works exactly um doesn't matter really it's gonna be fucking cool um yeah so <laughs> uh, if you haven't gone out to see this movie yet i mean this movie in its opening weekend made more than justice league did in its entire box office run um it was the fastest movie to a billion dollars if memory serves it's at one point last i checked like 1.6 billion dollars is most likely going to hit two billion um before it's done uh the only movie that might stop it not willing to stop it it's gonna knock it from number one i think uh will be deadpool uh deadpool 2 um yeah so uh yeah it's it just this movie I, I can't it's so hard to review this movie honestly because it, it there's so much going on in the movie there's so much awesomeness going on in the movie um but i, I feel like i need to say find something negative to you know a proper a democratic argument here i guess i uh, i wish the black order was more more fleshed out they weren't they're dead you're introduced to them they're all killed off fairly quickly we don't get to really hear them watch them do anything so yeah i wish they're more fleshed out that's really my biggest complaint um I even thought, and I even said this on an earlier episode of the, of the podcast uh, when I was talking to Joseph, is that when I saw the first trailer for it, I was, I my media thought was, "Fuck, that's a lot of CG." Um, and I'm not saying it's not; it's a lot of CG, and I I do suffer a little bit from CG CGI exhaustion, but this movie does it really well. Now there is moments, uh, and particularly that involve the Hulk or bruce uh that those they say they haven't but i am positive that they have they changed hulk's story in avengers 4 i think it was meant to be something different and whether it's test audiences didn't like it or maybe kevin feige didn't like it or maybe the russos didn't really end up liking it um whatever it was they had to hurry up and change so hulk doesn't hulk out um because i mean even in yeah and that's another people were pissy because that trailer shot where it's all of them running towards the camera wasn't in the movie i'm like that was i mean that's clearly a trailer shot like it was shot specifically for the trailer it seems um but the hulk was back there and there's all those toys and stuff where it showed the hulk hulking out of the hulkbuster armor um i was waiting for it the entire time didn't happen you, you don't see the Hulk. You see the Hulk for a split second whenever he yells no at Bruce. Um, which it leaves me a little more intrigued as to what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very clear, though, because the scenes that Bruce was in the Hulkbuster armor whenever it opens up, um, very clearly CG'd. Like, it stuck out. 
Like it wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't it wasn't Henry Cavill's upper lip bad, but it was noticeable. You know, it was less than stellar. Um, but again, I mean, those are my two complaints about the movie. Like I, I, and they're not even, they were not, weren't deal breakers by any stretch of the imagination. This movie is still utterly beautiful. They shouldn't have been able to do this. Sheer odds. Marvel should have, should have put out a shit movie by now. Um, you can say Hulk, Incredible Hulk was a shit movie. It wasn't a little boring. Um, wasn't a bad movie. Um, Edward Norton was in retrospect, not a good Hulk or Bruce. Um, Thor and Thor, the dark world again, Thor was, uh, fine. It wasn't bad. Um, dark world. Fine. It was entertaining. You know, Iron Man three, the one that I have the biggest bone with, uh, isn't a bad movie. It's just, a bad interpretation of a character um, and didn't really feel super like an Iron Man movie. Um, but again, not a bad movie. Marvel Studios has yet to put out a truly terrible movie. Um, sheer odds. They should have by now. And they just keep trucking on. And it's not like these movies are just coasting on their name and making money uh, regardless. These are quality movies that are being made and they're just making fucking fistfuls of cash. It, it, it's insane. And this movie is just the next one. Like it's so big. It's so wonderful. If you haven't yet, please go out and see this movie. I, I You need to see it in theaters. Don't download it. Uh, don't, don't wait till DVD or Blu-ray Go to theaters to see this movie. It is 100% worth it. Every single frame of every single second was worth the wait. The 10 years of waiting, it was worth it. 100%. Shit, fuck. Yeah. All right, until next time, guys. I'm Jake. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs>